family service, um, so I'm just going to give a very brief uh, overview of where we're going to head starting next week with our new sermon series on um, the Sermon on the Mount, which is going to take us through till Christmas. We're talking about Christmas already, and we've just started February. How good is that? I don't know if you're aware of it, but the Sermon on the Mount, that's five chapters that we find in Matthew's Gospel, chapters 5, 6, and 7. It is an invitation into a life that works. It's an invitation to live in the reality of the kingdom of God, or as Matthew often calls it in his writing, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of the heavens. The Sermon on the Mount is not a list of laws to follow. The Sermon on the Mount is not a checklist of actions that you can do so you get to tick them off and go to heaven when you die. That's not what it's about. It's a way in which Jesus, through his teaching, challenged the dominant teaching and culture of the day. So to understand this, we need to look at who his audience is. And we find that out because... Here's the problem with the Bible sometimes is that it's split into chapters and verses, so we think a new chapter is maybe a new story, but it all flows. So we need to look, what's happening at the end of chapter 4 of Matthew's Gospel? And I've got a little bit of it on the screen for you. We read this at the end of chapter 4. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing among the people. This is just after we read in Matthew that he's called his 12 disciples to him. And news news about him spread all over Syria and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralyzed, and he healed them. And large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the Jordan followed him. If you understand the geography of that area, it's basically... Everyone who was hearing about this Jesus started to come and check him out. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up to a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. And then we move into the Sermon on the Mount. Now what's really interesting, look at who was coming to him. It's people with various diseases and they suffered pain and demon-possessed and paralyzed and he was healing them. The culture of the day said if you were poor or if you were sick or if you were doing anything wrong with what was going on in your world, then you were not blessed by God. That was the dominant thought and culture of the day. But these are the people that Jesus is bringing to him and we will discover over the next nine weeks, Jesus starts to, I could imagine him pulling a person out of the crowd and having them stand next to him, someone who, who's ill or whatever, and sort of saying, hey, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, these people are part of it. It's not just those who, who think they have it all together and are healthy and rich and powerful. It's not just those people. And so Jesus turns on its head the teaching and the dominant way that the culture was operating, and he invites people into the kingdom of God. It's a great picture. Um, So what we want to do as a framework over the next many, many weeks is that we want to be aware that how can we live in the reality of the kingdom of God and accept that invitation from Jesus look like for us. So we're going to do a deep dive. As I said, there are nine what we call Beatitudes. 
we're going to take a week on each of them. So that's, that's sometimes a week on a verse or even half a verse. But we need to do that slowly so that we collectively can really understand what Jesus is saying and really understand the picture of what it means to be in the kingdom of God and to live in that way. Um, also in this, it'll be realised that it's the Holy Spirit in us that helps us live into the kingdom of God. It's not my own strength, it's not my own, I'm just going to try really hard to do it, to get it right. It's the Holy Spirit's presence with us that helps us step into being the kind of person that Jesus is describing. So this is where the rubber meets the road in terms of whether we see these teachings as, as rules to follow or a way to be a person in the world. And there's a difference there. Jesus isn't inviting us to f just follow, um, allowing the Holy Spirit. He's saying that the Holy Spirit will transform us to become the kind of people who will do the things he's describing. It's not about I'm going to try really hard to do this thing that he says. It's about I'm going to surrender to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will make me into the kind of person that will naturally do that. Here's one example and I won't get too ahead of it, but it'll be on the um, screen again. <coughs> when, we, when we get into a part of it, Jesus says this, You have heard our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you're in danger of the fires of hell. So here's Jesus saying, hey, it's not about just the action. It's not about, hey, I didn't actually murder someone, so I'm okay in God's side. Jesus has lifted the bar and said, what if you became the type of person hold anger against somebody what if you were that type of person what if you became the type of person who doesn't treat others with contempt what if you became the type of person who doesn't speak ill of another person and doesn't tarnish their reputation with your words what if you became the type of person who treated others like that there's no way you could escalate that to to murder because you're seeing people for who they are. You're valuing them the way God values them. And this is the great invitation of the Sermon on the Mount. We can become those type of people when we follow the teachings of Jesus. So as we work through this series, we will come across bunches of teachings and examples of real life. Jesus deals with all the issues that we deal with around money and around sex and around relationships and around our words out of our mouth and around our work ethic and all the things that are, are true for human beings, Jesus deals with them in the Sermon on the Mount. And so we're going to see that where he lands with all of this in his teaching, he has landed in other parts of his teaching that we've read as well. So particularly when we went through John's Gospel, if you were with us through that journey in John's Gospel, a big part of chapter 14, 15, 16 of John was about you love me if you're obedient to what I've been telling you to do. Obedience is the key to stepping into the kingdom of God based on the teachings of Jesus. If we're obedient to what he's taught us to do, what a catch. If we're obedient to that stuff, then Jesus is saying yes. This is what it looks like. 
So at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, I don't want to give it away if you haven't gone there yet, but at the end of chapter 7, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus gives a really practical and insightful picture. If you are a wise person, if you are obedient to the teachings that he's giving, then you will be building your lie foundation. I love uh, this week, I was in this room with a bunch of parents who were bringing their kids to our prep school for the very first time. And Matt, as our principal, spoke to them about our vision here is building a foundation for life for these kids. Our vision for our preschool is that they would build a foundation of, for life for the kids that are stepping in. And that foundation is a solid one based on the truth of Jesus and his teachings and who he is as a person, and we build our life on that. So kids, I want you to bring your attention to the screen because there's a little video clip I want to show that tells about this very thing, about what it looks like to build our life on the true and solid foundation of Jesus. So adults, you can check it out too, you'll like it. All right, let's pray to that. Stories of the Bible, the parable of the two builders. This is Jesus. Heyo! who is the son of, of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love and healed people from their sickness. He did many miracles like walking on water. Oh, hang on. And even raised people from the dead. <laughs> One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. He asked them, Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Hey, I'm going to build here. Yeah, I'm going to build out there. All right, do it yourself. like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Oh, yeah! The floodwaters rise and break against that house. It stands firm because it was well built. I'll get it here. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. All right, you're nice. Like a person who builds a house on sand, uh-oh. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. So we're going to get to that part in about November, December. Okay. So a little spoiler. The Sermon on the Mount is about life. It's about building your life on the person of Jesus. It's about building your life on the teachings and instructions of Jesus. It's about building your life on a solid and unshaped of what comes at you in life. It's about building your life on the reality of the kingdom of God, where things are done according to the character and will of God himself in the way God would want us to do it. It's an invitation into a life that works. It's an invitation into a life that's marked with 
peace and joy and righteousness. It is the life that we are called to live out together as the church so that others may come to know and see the goodness of God. I'm excited about where we're going to go with this this year. Um, Can I encourage you, be on the journey with us. If you're not physically here on a given week, it'll be available, the teaching on our um, website through our podcast. But be with us on the journey because I think as a community of people, this is going to shape us more and more into the kind of people God wants us to be. And when we are the people God wants us to be, we're going to be having an effect into the society around us in a really positive way. That's what God's doing with us and we want to be on the journey with him. So would you pray with me into that space this morning? Lord, I thank you for your wisdom of your teaching, but also that we have a record of it in the written word. I pray that we would all have fresh revelation as your community of people, that what you are inviting us into is the best thing for us in terms of human flourishing, the best kind of people we can become. And I know we can't do it in our own strength, so we ask through your spirit that you would shape us and mould us and transform us into the people you see us to be. I pray that we can encourage one another on that journey, that as iron sharpens iron, we can do this life side by side, helping one another on the journey forward with you. God, would you take our lives, would you take our our hearts and our minds and do with them glory and for your um, praise. And we pray that together in your name. Amen. Amen.